0: Yeah, good morning. I'm glad to be able to celebrate with you guys today as we remember Jesus' death and resurrection. And the theme of our message this year so far has been, do you guys know it? Bringing Jesus into what? Focus, yep. So as we're doing that, um, it through walking through the book of Luke, Dennis, he's been paying attention. See, Kurt, at least one person's listening. So um, we've been uh, bringing Jesus into focus, and each week it seems like more and more we're getting a little bit clearer focus, a little bit clearer understanding about who Jesus is as the gospel opens up, and we get introduced to um, what his ministry is going to be like. We've seen him enter. We've seen him call some disciples. We've seen him do some miraculous healings. And so so far we've learned... um, a lot about who Jesus is, right? We've learned already that he's God's son, that he's claiming to be the promised Messiah, that he can do miraculous healing. So he's a healer. And more recently, last week, we learned something um, through the book of Luke that Jesus is God himself with the authority to forgive sin. And the people were astonished when they heard that. And some people were um, offended by that reality. And they said, who is this that he can forgive sins, right? And they wanted to call him a heretic. But he proved his authority by healing the paralytic. And we've also started to see a little, about, a little bit about what Jesus is all about. Are th- those are somewhat different, right? Who he is. I mean, we're learning who he's claiming to be, but we're also seeing how he relates with people, what is he all about? And we, I just gave the answer away. He's all about people. He's all about the people, like his purpose in coming was for people, right? And he's, we're starting to see a little bit about that as he um, is bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Specifically, it seems like we've seen recently that he's all about the outcasts. So he's not just here, coming to kings and queens and princes, but he's here and he's not just coming to the religious elite, although he speaks with those people, but he's come and he's been reaching out to those who are in need, right? He's healed, he's being willing to heal, even though he didn't want to in some sense, right? He was trying to escape the crowds, but when they came to him with all their illnesses, all their ailments, he didn't say, no, sorry, I'm not here for that. He healed them, he healed them and he he spent time with them. And then specifically in the last two weeks, we learned about how he healed a leper and a paralytic. And this morning, this theme of being here for the outcasts comes even more into focus as we're introduced to uh, the next character in this narrative, whose name is Levi. And I want to read our passage and then talk a little bit about who Levi or Matthew is and how the people would have felt about him in that day. So if you turn with me to Luke chapter 5, verse 27. It says, After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And sorry, I forgot to tell Nate I'm using the ESV, so you're probably getting it in the Holman. It's okay, though. Um. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so we see, after the miracle, Luke keeps going with the story. He says, right after this, right, he he's conversing with the people that had a problem with his claim of being God. Right after that, he walks outside. It seems like in the narrative, he walks out and he sees this guy at a tax booth. He sees a tax collector, and right. Then, when people are reading this or hearing about this, they're like, oh, you know, you know the hackles rise, and they, they think about how much they hate tax collectors and paying taxes in their day, because tax collectors were corrupt, most, and most likely, uh, Matthew was like a middleman. He was sitting at a tax booth, collecting the wages, or collecting the money from people who were traveling from city to city, so he's there doing that, and people, are, people hate him, Because he not just takes their money, but he does it, he's probably corrupt in doing it. Because he's taking more than he needs. He's taking from people that don't have anything to give, right? And so I think some of us think we can relate with that a little bit because we all pay taxes here. Um, And we probably all hate paying taxes. But the difference is the means that they went about getting the taxes was a little more violent and a little more pressure as they bid for these jobs and took advantage of the people and so right away we see Jesus again this time is going to an outcast of society a tax collector the people that, a person that people hated this time his uncleanness has nothing to do with an ailment or a ritual a breaking of some ritual law right? it's, it's a moral it's a moral um, hatred it's a, something you're, you're worse than me Type, we just can't stand you because you take advantage of us. And so he sees this tax collector, and what does he do? He walks up to him, and he engages the tax collector. And he doesn't just engage the tax collector. He says, come follow me. Come with me and be one of my disciples. He's calling Levi to be a disciple. And Levi says, or the Bible says, right there it says, and Levi left everything he had and followed Jesus. Right there. So we see a picture of what's going, what we're going to talk about at the end of this message right here in Levi's heart. And when Levi follows him, he doesn't just, it doesn't, the story's not over there. He goes, he takes his money, right? He's wealthy, he's a tax collector, he has some wealth. And he throws a party for Jesus so Jesus doesn't just go call this man. He then goes parties with this man and all of his friends. So you can think this kind of leads to the next section where the, where the Pharisees are like, what is going on here? They're, Jesus is at a sinner's house, and he's eating with all these sinners and drinking with all these sinners. And why? Why is Jesus doing that? Why would Jesus do that? And so instead of them going to Jesus, I think the text is kind of funny. He says, it says, they complained to his disciples. So I think it's supposed to read like this The Pharisees complained to the disciples, who then went to Jesus. And this is the question that, that, it, that arose because of um, the behavior. It says, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You know, I didn't write. I wrote the question from the text. I didn't write my own question on here. And now I can't remember it. But (laughs) basically it's prompting the disciples to say to Jesus, should we be like the Pharisees and separate ourselves from these people, right? Should we be like the Pharisees and not be eating with tax collectors and sinners? Or like, why, Jesus, why do you do this? And so his answer is, found in verse 31 and 32, where he says, basically, he says, this is what I came to do, right? I came here to be amongst these people, the outcasts of society. And there's a point, I, I, uh, there's a reason why he starts his ministry this way with these specific groups of people that he's meeting with and calling. He hasn't called any princes or kings or, or governors or authorities, at this point, but he's called the, the lowly fisherman, right? He's gone and healed people that no one would have contact with, and now he's meeting with a person who people can't stand, And but this person just became one of his disciples, one of his inner 12. And so he says, this is what I came for. He's already said this countless times in earlier texts. And now he's saying it again. This is what I came to do. If you looked in chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, it says, um, Jesus is quoting from Isaiah, and he's, t- in the, he's in the tabernacle, and he's telling people, I, f- I have fulfilled this scripture today. This is what he says, or this is what Isaiah says. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And so said he's, uh, he's basically saying guys don't you get i've been saying this all along this is what i came for to to proclaim liberty to the captives and you guys are missing you guys are missing what is captivating you what has got you kept captive you think it's these you think you have to live to these rules and standards and regulations but you, the pharisees are no better than the tax collectors but at this point they're like, how can you even hang out with these people? And so, um, as he moves on with this analogy, he's spit, or with his analogy in this text, he says, what kind of person, he tells them, think about it, what kind of person needs a doctor? The kind of person that needs a doctor is someone who's sick, right? But not just someone who's sick. Someone who's sick, right? And who knows they're sick and knows that they can't do anything about their sickness. That's when you go to the doctor, especially back then. Now, we go to the doctor for maintenance stuff all the time, right? But um, back then, you would be like, well, I'm not getting any better. I need to see a physician because I can't do anything about it. And so his point isn't to the Pharisees, well, I'm not here for righteous people because, you know, they don't need me. His point is, I've come to to heal the sick or I've come to call sinners to repentance. That's, what he, that's the language that he uses. And so, my, in closing, my um, question to you is, as we think about this and applying this type of passage to our own lives, is who is the outcast? Like in this text, we see that the tax collector was the outcast in society. But to Jesus' point at the end there, who is the outcast in the text? I mean, when we read, when we, we have the rest of the New Testament that we can read through and see that the, Jesus didn't come because only some people needed him. Jesus didn't come because there's other ways to be right with God, but some people aren't going to find that way, so I'm going to make it a little bit um, easier for some people. No, he came because... There is no way, there is no one righteous, right? The Romans tells us we are all outcasts. The point is the Pharisees didn't see it. The Pharisees didn't see themselves as outcasts. They saw themselves as fitting in because of the way that they lived their lives and and didn't associate with certain people, didn't participate in certain things, and kept all the the laws and the sacrifices and all those things, they added up to their righteousness. But Jesus is saying, I've come for those who know that they're sinners and repent of their sin and turn to me and follow me. And so he didn't just come calling people, but he lived his life and he died on the cross for them. So all these miraculous healings and callings and conversions point us to the reality that all of us are outcasts. In need of salvation, and this is a fact the Pharisees couldn't see. And so my second uh, question to you is, who should we who should we be feasting with? right? Who should we be calling to repentance? Or who are we being Pharisees towards, right? Who in our life do we look at and go, oh, I don't want to relate with those people. And I think both of these questions we can all ask. If we were trusting in Jesus as our Savior, right? If we are like Matthew, we have repented of our sins and followed him, then we can't, we still have to ask ourselves both of those questions because none of us have done it perfectly, right? All of us have people that we treat um, as if we're Pharisees and, and they're worse than us. You know, I can think of those people in my own life. Um, I can think of just seeing someone and making a judgment in my head that I wouldn't have anything to do with that person. But when we see what Jesus is all about, Jesus is not about um, caring about what other people think about him, but he's actually about caring about the people that have been on the fringe of society, and those, he cares about those people who are judging them as well. And so we see he's always calling the Pharisees to repent. He's always calling them to see their blindness. And I just wanted to um, close by reading a section at the end of, or later in Luke, when Jesus tells a story about a Pharisee because this theme isn't only one time. This theme happens over and over in Luke where the, the Pharisees say, Oh, look, Jesus eats with tax collectors and sinners. And then Jesus tells us this story. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Listen to that. He tells this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray. It says one of them was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed this, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week And so we see that Jesus is turning things on their head. The way that we think about things are not reality. But Jesus has come to save those who, see, who have seen their sin and know there's nothing that they can do about it. So today, um, as we remember Jesus through worshiping him in music, through taking the elements, we are going to also afterwards feast together, right? Right? as Jesus did with the tax collectors. Remember, we are all here as we feast together afterwards. We're all former tax collectors and outcasts and sinners that have been brought together by the blood of Jesus. And if there's people here that haven't put their faith in Jesus, remember that he, just like Matthew, he's calling you to come, turn from your sins and follow him. And, and he promises Not that you'll have an easy life without other tax collectors still trying to get your stuff, but that you'll have an abundant life in him and an everlasting inheritance because he came to bring the good news of his kingdom that is everlasting. So thank you guys, and I look forward to worshiping with you and remembering um, Jesus in communion. And our brother Ron's going to come up and lead us as we partake of the elements.